0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Once again, I'm Antonio Castro, joined alongside my co-host Chris Van Dyne. Here to break down some of the key matchups for week three of the college football season, uh, including Florida State at Syracuse, Ohio State versus TCU, LSU at Auburn, USC, Texas, Washington, Utah. And we also had a customer question about the Hawaiian Army game, so we're going to go into that game as well. Before we do that, though, there are some changes on the college football schedule for week three. Big hurricane coming in if you're living under a a rock or anything. uh, There are a few games that are canceled this weekend. UCF North Carolina, not happening. East Carolina versus Virginia Tech, not happening. West Virginia versus NC State, not happening. Another game, Ohio versus Virginia. While it is taking place, It was supposed to be in Charlottesville, home game for the Hoos. That game was actually moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where Vanderbilt plays their home game. So no crowd edge is to be expected in that game and probably just a few thousand fans there overall. One more thing I want to get to before we get into uh, this week's games is there was a change of uh, time in Thursday night's game between Boston College and Wake Forest with that hurricane heading towards the Carolinas. That game was actually pushed up a couple of hours. It's going to start at 5.30 now, Eastern time. So if you're looking at uh, doing anything, wagering anything, watching that game, entertainment purposes only, Boston College, Wake Forest. That game is going to kick off at five thirty. So make sure you get all your action in before that game starts. Okay, now enough of en- enough is enough of that. Let's get into some of these games. Exciting weekend to break down these games. And the first game we're going to talk about is a team that is struggling off the off the get with the new head coach Willie Taggart. Florida State making the trip to Syracuse. Syracuse has maybe a little bit of revenge on their mind uh, after last year's game. Uh, Of course, Chris Van Dyne handles the SEC and the ACC for us at North Coast Sports. Has this game broken down? What do you expect out of the Seminoles? Are they going to be able to get out of this little rut that they've started the season in?
1: Well, Florida State has won all five ACC meetings in this series. But like you said, last year was actually the closest of these Florida State winning by three in a blocked last second blocked field goal for the Knolls. But previous meetings, uh, in all five meetings, Florida State's actually won those by 26 points per game. The public is down on Florida State right now, and understandably, after two lackluster performances, you know, the the opener against Virginia Tech, they actually outgained Virginia Tech despite negative plays, five sacks, five turnovers. They had a blocked punt, a missed field goal. Everything that went wrong for Virginia, for Florida State in that game that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Um, but like I said, they actually held a yardage edge, so they did some good things. Unfortunately, just too many mistakes. Now the nice thing for them is they hold a huge edge on defense in this game. Syracuse is 2-0, and uh, Eric Dungy looks healthy, running the ball well. But the difference in this game, I think, is the defensive side of the ball where Florida State's a little bit young, but they have a ton of talent, while Syracuse's defense is a major question mark and just what I think Florida State needs to get this offense moving. Counting the last three games last year and the season opener this year, Syracuse has allowed 51 points per game in their last four games against FBS opponents. Of course, last week they dominated Wagner from the FCS. You can't really look too much into that. Syracuse only has uh, uh, two tackles for loss in the opener, so they're not making a bunch of negative plays that Virginia Tech's defense led by Bud Foster makes. And against that new system with Willie Taggart, I think that it was just a tough matchup week one for them to face a Bud Foster defense, and I think that Florida State's going to be better equipped for this game, and they're going to get after it. Key matchup in this game will be Florida State's defensive line, Brian Burns and Demarcus Christmas. Versus an experienced Syracuse offensive line, I think the Florida State defensive line will make enough plays on Dungie hit him enough, and Florida State's offense will make plays on just a, a poor Syracuse defense. Florida State comes away with the cover.
0: You know what, it just seems kind of odd whenever you look at the line on this game and it's under a touchdown and you got a Florida State versus Syracuse matchup. I mean, I know last year's game was close, but seems like we get a little bit of value there on Florida State. The public's down on them, like like you mentioned, Chris. And, uh, you know, after outgaining Virginia Tech in week one, I wouldn't take any stock into Florida State being outgained and needing five turnovers to get past, uh, you know, their FCS opponent Samford last week as they were in a clear sandwich game uh, between the ACC Uh, you know, between two ACC teams. So I wouldn't worry about that there. It's taken Taggart a little bit of time. If you recall, going back to his days at Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers got off to a slow start with Taggart when he moved on to USF. They got off to a, a slow start. He did get, uh, he did do a little bit better, quicker start when he was at Oregon last year. But then when Herbert went down, you saw them take a little bit of a step back. So I think it's going to be a little bit of growing pains early on, which Florida State has shown. But then they should be able to get by Syracuse, a team that they have uh, had a history of success against uh, nonetheless. It, it down down the stretch all right let's move on ohio state versus tcu this could be along with uh obviously the lsu and auburn i mean you've got two great games espn college game day could have chose to go to either place they choose to go to arlington to jerry's world where this game will take place it's a neutral site game however probably i'm gonna guess about a 60 40 crowd split in tcu's favor The the Horned Frogs are only about 50 miles their campus from Arlington, so you expect them to have a crowd edge. However, not as big as what you would normally expect a team from the Midwest because Buckeye Nation travels so well. Dwayne Haskins making his first career road start, hitting 79% for the Buckeyes, a 9-to-1 ratio. Now, remember, yes, it's his first road start. However... Haskins got great experience in last year's game against the Michigan Wolverines coming in when the when the Buckeyes were down on the road at the big house led them to the come from behind victory when JT Barrett was hurt so uh, as I was kind of going back and forth on this Chris and thinking maybe maybe Haskins is going to be a little bit of wide-eyed in this game you know what I forgot he he does he did just uh, see this field didn't get to play but Ohio State did beat USC up last year in the Cotton Bowl in this very same stadium. So the players, besides uh, Dwayne Haskins, why he doesn't have the experience on the field playing in that game, but the players have played in that game recently. Not only that, they did play it in also the 2014 National Championship game also in in Arlington there. So uh, I, I think that... The, the Ohio State won't be as wide-eyed as I was as I was thinking whenever I started thinking about the game more and more so after the weekend and we set the initial line. Uh, Ohio State, obviously, almost a two-touchdown favorite. We think they're going to cover that by a little bit more. Uh, no Urban Meyer for Ohio State. Hasn't been a problem yet. Acting uh, head coach Adam Day has come in and just done a fabulous job uh, holding that staff and that team together uh, while, while Urban Meyer has been gone. Don't forget, Meyer is able to coach during the week, just not been, has not been able to be there on game day, and that's not going to change this week. But, again, it's a game that uh, we feel that Ohio State has the edge in. They definitely have the talent edge in, but uh, don't be surprised. I mean, Gary Patterson-led defense by TCU could make this game a little bit closer. I'm not ready to go out on a limb and say to bet all your money on Ohio State. We do think they're going to cover the line. However, a little bit closer game. There might be a little bit uh, better games where you get some better value out there.
1: That slow start for TCU last week against uh, SMU concerns me a little bit too because SMU has not been a team that's looked very good ever since Sonny Dykes took over. And they did not look good in the first half. They kind of took the game over in the second half. But that's kind of what you expect. But they can't afford that kind of slow start against Ohio State. That could get them in a lot of trouble. Like you said, Haskins had that big game experience last year. So I think he might have a little bit of ice in his veins because he played really well against Michigan. And I, too, expect Ohio State to come out, play their best ball. This is kind of the game they they look for when, when uh, people are kind of doubting them. I, I know they're favored, but in a situation where they're going into Texas and playing in what is kind of considered hostile environment, so I think that Ohio State will have the edge here, and I I, I like them to cover them. I'm with you, though. you gotta be, you got to be cautious when going against a great head coach, head coach like Gary Patterson.
0: Yeah, and not only that, Ohio State has lost two road games uh, under Urban Meyer, both in the last two years, believe it or not. And uh, But one thing on their side, TCU... This is surprising, just one in six against the spread against ranked foes. So I have not fared well in that uh, in that role when taking on other ranked foes. And if you look at a game like uh, TCU versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma, similar type of offense to Ohio State, maybe a little bit of a problem there. But again, we think there's better value uh, in, in some other games. One of those games that might have some better value, let's go to next, is the key SEC matchup of the week. Of course, I mean I'm talking about LSU traveling to Auburn. Chris, is Auburn going to get their revenge last year? I mean they led this game twenty to nothing.
1: Antonio, I have to do this. There's only one thing I can guarantee in this game, and it's it's that the Tigers will win this week. Sorry, sorry, I I digress. (laughs) Auburn has beaten Georgia and Alabama at home in the last year. They did have that game against uh, LSU on the road, up twenty to nothing. Blew the lead, really hurt their season. Uh, Punt return was a big uh, factor in that game they gave up. So uh, Auburn's out for revenge. and LSU looks like the typical lackluster LSU offense under their new offensive coordinator, Ensminger. I I heard all year in the offseason, again, it's a new LSU offense. I think I've heard that for like the last 10 years, and it doesn't seem much different to me. Uh, They scored 31 points last week versus Southeastern Louisiana, but seven points were off a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. And the Tigers actually only ran 55 plays to Southeastern Louisiana 76. So they kind of got ball controlled in that game. Um, And they're facing an Auburn defense that has seven starters back from last year and allowed 302 yards per game and nine sacks through their first two games. Uh, The LSU defense is no slouch. Obviously, Devin White, one of the best linebackers in the country, but their depth has been tested at linebacker with suspensions, and they lost one of their starters in uh, Clevon Chasen for the season. So uh, some problems there for LSU defensively. Auburn with Jared Stidham, some talented wide receivers, a young offensive line I think has the edge here. They are favored by uh, right around double digits, right around 10 points, I believe. But uh, that defensive line for Auburn, which is number five in the country, uh, as far as we rate them, is going to be after Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow said this week he does not slide. He will not slide. He told his coaches and teammates he's not going to slide. That's not a good idea against this Auburn defense. If if you're going to play against a team like this, you better get down if they're coming after you. And I think they're going to be coming hard. Uh, The other thing, home team in this series, 16-2 straight up, 13-4-1 against the spread. Auburn now for revenge. LSU's one of the most inexperienced teams in the country. I gotta like Auburn to cover here.
0: I think Joe Burrow might might be uh, thinking about running the scout team a little bit too much when he's talking about not sliding because that's just ridiculous. Not only that, Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, an upgrade at the quarterback position by LSU. However, still, a guy's completing less than 50% of his passes hasn't looked really great in my eyes. And, uh, you know, this is a kid that we have seen quite a bit here uh, being in in Ohio and, and uh, was a standout at, at the high school level and also was, was solid at Ohio State before getting beaten out for the job. But again, making his first career road start. At an SEC school, it's going to be a little bit tough for, for him there. Uh, and I and I, you got to love Auburn at home. They're much better at home. I mean, you talked about it, Chris, but look at their games versus Georgia and Alabama last year. I mean, mu- a much better team at home than on the road. And the home team has dominated this series, uh, 16 and two straight up, five and zero straight up, an ATS run. The home team in this series, so we like uh, LSU, to, or uh, we like Auburn to cover this game, uh, win by yeah nearly two touchdowns. So which would be enough to to cover that line. Okay, going on another game, another rematch from last year, and a game that ended uh, in the final moments. USC going on the road taking on a Texas team that had big expectations coming into the season, uh, suffered a big loss in the opener, just like last year, got on track a little bit last week, didn't look superb over Rice, but let's remember, this is a Texas team. They got off to a slow start last year under, under Tom Herman, and it took them till about, or Tulsa, I'm sorry, not Rice last week, but, uh, you know, they they got off to a slow start last year. It took them till about, about this third game, if you recall, against USC when they really turned it on last year. And I expect them to, to get better this year. USC, JT Daniels, their outstanding true freshman, is a question mark, injured his hand, still his status is up in the air, regardless of the fact it's either going to be JT Daniels or it's still going to be a starter, uh, court, starting quarterback for the Trojans that's making his first career road start. And uh, this is one thing that I've noticed under Clay Helton for USC. They do, they're solid at home, they produce at home, but get this, under Clay Helton, USC, only 4-17 and 17 against the spread on the road. The other thing
1: about Texas that you have to consider is everyone was down on them after they lost to Maryland for the second consecutive year. Maryland wasn't very good last year, but the situation was much different for Maryland this year. They're healthy at quarterback. Last year they weren't. After that opener, you know that they had what down to their third quarterback and maybe even the fourth. Their quarterback has been hurt every year, but Maryland might just be a better team than we realized this year. They've looked good the first two weeks. So that loss to Maryland on the road, first game of the year, that might be one you look back on and think, wow, I probably disregarded Maryland a little more than I should have this year. And Texas might be a little better than we realize coming off that loss. And uh, like you said, second uh, second straightaway game for USC, JT Daniels with a question mark. It's going to be a young quarterback no matter who it is for USC. Trojans are only 10-21 and 21 against the spread on the road. Uh, and we went against USC last week on our four-star and power sweep, taking Stanford. So we like Texas here. It's tough to lean too hard on them, but uh, right now I, I agree Texas is the play here. A uh, little more than the field goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of value again in this game, but it is a marquee matchup. That's why we wanted to talk about it. And, you know, a lot of it is going to have to do on the status of JT Daniels, and that's one of the things you're just going to have to keep an eye on as it gets closer to kickoff time. You know, maybe tune into that uh, ESPN game day Saturday morning and see what they have to say, uh, you know, for JT Daniels' status. But regardless of the fact, whoever starts, I mean, we're still leaning with Texas even if JT Daniels gets the start. He's going to be playing in that hostile environment. And you know the crowd in Austin. Is gonna be up for this game, especially after that, after last year's game and they lost going into overtime when let's face it, they weren't as experienced. Texas is a lot more experienced this year. USC's not as not as experienced. So you got your experience edge, you got the home field edge, you have the quarterback edge. I think you gotta go with Texas in this game. I agree. Alright, now let's move along. West Coast. We haven't touched on any West Coast games yet this week. Let's do it with I'd say I mean it's not a real argument here the biggest game in the Pac-12 this year washing or this so far this year Washington at Utah probably the toughest crossover, crossover game on the Husky schedule this this uh this year taking on a very 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 good Utah team but uh when I'm looking at this game Chris the the main thing that that comes at me is the fact that Utah does not do a good job of taking care of the football. They've already got six turnovers this year, and you're facing a very fast and experienced Washington defense that has nine returning starters back. And this is a Washington team, Chris, that under Chris Peterson, uh, the last two years, they've been plus double digits in that turnover margin. So if Utah does not take care of the ball, this thing could get ugly and could get ugly in a hurry. And just, and remember, Washington was the pick to win the Pac-12 for a reason at the, beginning, at the beginning of the year. Sure, they lost against Auburn, but anyone that watched that game realizes all oh, that uh, Auburn could have very well lost that game in what was essentially a home game for them uh, at the Georgia Dome. So this is a Washington team... Don't forget about them just yet. Don't sleep on them just yet. They've got an outstanding quarterback, an outstanding offense, an outstanding head coach, and, again, that defense with nine returning starters back. I think this is the game that they've had circled uh, well before the season started.
1: I also think this is this is the trendy upset pick of the week from what I've seen. I've seen a lot of people calling for Utah to pull the upset and Washington they're not only experienced uh, but extremely talented 19 starters back from last year and Tyler Huntley the quarterback for Utah is going to have tough sledding against that Washington defense all four returning starters in the secondary and Washington's only allowed 2.2 yards per carry so both stout against the run stout against the pass Utah only one starter back on their defensive line. Now, they have played well in their first two games, only giving up 2.2 yards per carry. But Miles Gaskin, one of the top running backs in the country. Jake Browning is a mobile quarterback. He can move in the pocket. Uh, You might see a couple quarterback runs here and there. Uh, The Huskies, 9-4 against the spread against Pac-12 teams as chalk. The Utes have played well as a home dog, but – they're coming off a more physical game than people would have realized against Northern Illinois, and against the Northern Illinois team that, frankly, we think is one of the more underrated teams in the country. They only won 17-6, to which was right, uh, right around the line, I believe. But uh, I think that Washington, with the experience, again, uh, like you said in the last game, they've got the experience edge, the quarterback edge. And they are on the road in this game, but uh, I'm going to go with Washington. They they feel like they need the big win, and I I tend to look at the trendy upset picks and try to think the other way. Originally, I was thinking Utah earlier in the week, but as I as I look at the information, as I look at how uh, experienced Washington is, and frankly, when when I see everyone taking that trendy upset pick, I, I. I tend to think, well, you know, everyone's picking out that trendy upset pick, just to jump on each other's back. I like the experience and the talent here. Let's go with Washington.
0: Not only that is Washington, if they if they want to make the playoffs, they got to start making some statement in these conference games. Now that they lost their their major non-conference game, uh, you know, against Auburn. So I look for them to make a statement here and and really uh, uh, with a line of. Under a touchdown, I wouldn't be surprised to see Washington win this game outright by double digits. Utah has a buy on deck, but don't let that scare you away. Go with the Huskies. All right, which moves along? We had uh, the first really uh, customer question for the podcast. Uh, Joey Lucci, uh, actually a close friend of ours, uh, with the North Coast, uh, with the North Coast um, team, and 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 everything like that. Uh, really he is perturbed at the Hawaii versus Army line and the fact that Hawaii's gotten off to just a great start this year has really opened a lot of people's eyes no one expected this start so how in the world is 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 what joeys asking is hawaii a big dog at army well i think a couple factors
1: uh or contributing to that line. First off, this is a noon start time uh, for this game, which is 6 a.m. Uh, for Hawaii in Hawaii time. So that that's that's a tough thing for Hawaii to overcome. Uh, Army has won their home games by 5.4 points per game in the last year, uh, and it's tough to to travel as far as Hawaii is. Uh, they did dedicate up extra time against the option. And they did play Navy two weeks ago, which Joey also astutely pointed out. Uh, the whole, the run and shoot's been effective, and the Army secondary doesn't practice against pass happy offenses. You know, you, you don't. It's not like you have a quarterback like Cole McDonald throwing against them in practice. And McDonald's been stellar in, in the first three games, 388 yards per game at a 13 zero ratio. Unbelievable start for Cole McDonald. Rolovich has his team running. Uh, Hawaii already owns an upset as a double digit dog, going to Colorado State, beating a conference rival. So they have extra, extra motivation here. I do like Hawaii to get this win. I think they'll overcome the time difference. Uh, they're already in uh, West Point, as far as I know, and I think they're going to have some success throwing against an Army secondary that's just not used to seeing this. So I'm going to take uh, the rainbows and Joey's going to be happy with me.
0: This is one of the games where actually Chris and I disagreed on. And of course, uh, you know, we, we, we come along and we most of the time will have an agreement on, on our lines and everything that we do. If you look at the power sweep each week on page two, it'll have the opening lines that Vegas sets and then and we'll put our own lines yeah. out. We actually, I, I agree with them to lean, lean with Hawaii in this matchup because it was just a, a weird to see that line at first. But the more I thought about it uh, going on, you know, this is now Wednesday, middle of the week. The more I, I, I still, I think Army is the team, is the play here. And uh, it's just, it's one of those games where every week I look at the Vegas lines and I'm looking and I'm looking and I say... Okay, I figured Hawaii would be favored on the road because they just played Navy a couple weeks ago, they've seen the option. And then I see the line that comes out and I said, "How in the world is Army a touchdown favorite over a Hawaii team that started off so fast and has already defended the option?" And it's just one of those things that whenever it happens, it it tells me, I get I get like a, a a light goes off in my brain and it says, "What does Vegas know that I'm not looking at?" So it's just it's there's no there's no real science behind it. But I will say this. I love Jeff Monken as a head coach at Army. The only way Army is going to be able to win this game is to slow Hawaii down. And how are they going to be able to do that? Running the football. And what does Hawaii have trouble doing? Stopping the run. So I'm I'm on the other side of the equation here. Joey's might be mad at me here. But I think that Army is going to be able uh, to win this game. Maybe it might only be by a few points. But I do think Army does have enough. I think the 6 a.m. start is going to affect Hawaii. And I think that Army has enough and has enough veteran leadership in in, in their program and, and can be able to run the ball and limit Hawaii's offensive possessions enough to keep this game uh, from getting out of hand. Because, let's face it, I mean, Hawaii, it does have that run and shoot. One of the things that we were going to look at as well is the weather with this game, with that hurricane moving on. Well, I checked the weather just before we came on and started doing the podcast doesn't look like there's going to be any weather factor in this game. Right now, the temperature is calling for 79 degrees, 10% chance of rain, 4 mile an hour winds. So I don't think we're going to have any trouble with weather.
1: If that were to change, my lean would immediately change to Army <laughs> because weather would affect Hawaii way more than Army in this game.
0: Well, all right. Our last thing before we let everyone go, and again, we appreciate you listening to the uh, Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports. But you know, we we ended last week's podcast by giving away Army, uh, and what did they do? They won, they won, and they won big uh, in that game. We gave away that two star in Power Sweep, and they went on uh, as a seven and a half point favorite to win thirty eight to fourteen, and weren't really tested in that game at all. This week again, we're doing another giveaway. We've got our another two star. We're, we went with a two star last week. We're gonna go with it again this week. Miami of Florida versus Toledo. This is another uh, kind of uh, we've been seeing where a lot of people are, are are picking Toledo to cover the spread. Ah we don't think so. This is a Miami team that's loaded. Uh, Toledo is very, very, very inexperienced coming off a rare early season bye, where the kids the young the young you know young men might not might have lost a little bit of focus during that early bye period and this is a game where i feel at least miami's going they need to gain their confidence and they can really really play a big bully role here
1: well the thing i like about miami here is they are coming off the they had the loss against lsu and i felt like that loss was a little bit deceiving they moved the ball uh but they had some disruption in the first half uh, in particular Trajan Bandy, cornerback, ejected after four plays on defense and LSU immediately picked on his replacement, completed a couple passes against him but then after halftime Miami settled in and they got back in that game, it was too little too late but uh, you, you gotta think that they're gonna be hungry to prove in a road environment that they're out to play winning football And Canes did put up season-high points and yards versus Toledo last year. Now, if you recall, this game was only 16-10 to at halftime last year. When you consider that Miami was coming off a 21-day layoff from their own hurricane issues with Irma, uh, you understand why they were a little slow out of the gate coming into that game and rallied second half. They poured it on, ended up tacking on a couple touchdowns late. Uh, you mentioned Toledo had that bye last week. They only played VMI in the first week, so we really haven't gotten a gauge of how Toledo is. They lost their star quarterback Woodside from last year, so it's uh, Guadagni making his first career start two weeks ago, and this is the, by far the toughest defense he's ever faced because he's only faced VMI so far. Um AC, two all-ACC performers with Jaquan Johnson and Michael Jackson coming back for Miami. So it's a very good secondary, a very good defense. That linebacking core for Miami is one of the best in the country against a young Toledo team, number 110 in the country in experience. And first time being a home dog since 14, Miami has been in this role a few times. If you recall two years ago, that another trendy pick for an upset, Appalachian State had almost beat Tennessee in the opener, and then a couple weeks later, Miami went to Appalachian State, and it was all Miami, 45-10 to 10 that day, and I think that line was like three and a half. So Miami's had this experience where they traveled to non, non-Power 5 or group of five schools, and they've dominated them when they've done it. So, again, we think Miami's going to do more of that and control this game
0: about a 10-digit a 10-digit uh, uh yeah a 10 point favorite right now for the Hurricanes look for them to win by at least 17 points here quarterback Malik Roser yeah it hasn't looked good but this is a game if you play fantasy college eh, you probably get some good value on Roser here but this is a game where he's going to put up superb numbers so no problem in backing the Canes on the road in the Glass Bowl all right, everybody. Well, we appreciate it. You, you all tuning in again for another edition of the Power Suite Podcast. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro signing off, and we will talk to you guys again next week.